Hi, everyone out there in podcast land. It is me, Rain DeGray, and my co-host... T.C. Rollins, hello there. I'm just quietly meditating here in the corner while Rain talks us in. (laughs) We are coming at you hot and fresh uh, with episode 206.1. Are you going to explain the 206.1 now that you're putting it out there? Uh, I, w- there was some technical errors and some slight snafus uh, last week, and we only want to give you the very bestest. We pride ourselves on that. And due to some uh, technical errors and um, some uh, sleep deprivation, mm-hmm. uh, the interesting podcast we had last week that involved Rasputin and me being quite sleep deprived uh, ended up just just vanishing is now dust. a rare collector's item dust <laughs> in the wind somewhere Does, in the no, universe because no. once you put something online it's always online well i hope that nah that's not the case here i we will never know uh we had a few people listen to it and they said that they were in pain for me and uh we listened to the feedback and uh that podcast has never happened and here we are starting fresh 206.1 coming at you fresh and tasty are you ready i'm ready i'm ready and i've i've had more sleep this time around and i can actually uh put one word in front of the next after followed by another word uh, without stumbling as much I'm not saying I'm the most loquacious person here, but um, I believe that this will be a more uh, coherent podcast, which is what we're aiming for. Coherence. We like coherence. <laughs> we want this to be coherence. That that is our that is always our stated goal here at the Dirty Talk podcast. Is that in our mission statement? It it, it is. <laughs> it's part of our official mission statement. Is the most that we interesting are... information we can find this week. Presented, presented in a you, very coherent manner. <laughs> exactly. That's right. That is our mission statement. Mm-hmm. It is now, so, anyways. Do you have some uh, vagina for me? I've got some vagina for you. Who doesn't like vagina? So I'm going to start with vagina. Well, no, no. Let me be clear, because I can already hear us being course corrected. It is actually a vulva. And we know that it is a vulva, not a vagina. A vagina is part of the vulva. Yes, but this is specifically about vagina. Oh, good. Okay. I just, I could already uh, hear Thank you fingers. for the disclaimer, but no, this is about- People on keyboards, tickety-ticketing, letting me know that it's not a vagina, it is a vulva. If you're talking about the whole thing, yes. Okay. What do you have for me that is vagina-specific? We're not talking about the whole thing. We're just talking about the whole. Okay. Ooh. All right. Go on. All right. The scientists- We love or, science. Or at least one person working as a bioengineer at Harvard has- built a vagina on a silicone chip uh, 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 okay this is, this is a silicone this is like a silicone rubber chip about the size of a stick of gum and they have created a vagina inside the silicone rubber chip so what it's like a barbie doll like it's a miniature one no like, no it's what? an actual real working vagina it's a model of a vagina with real vaginal cells donated by two different women So they've grown the vaginal cells inside this silicone chip in order to do research on vaginas because it's a lot easier doing research on a fake vagina in a lab than it is on real vaginas. That's true. Okay. Especially because the research they are wanting to do is on bacterial vaginosis. Oh, okay. 
All right. It's extremely difficult to study bacterial vaginosis, primarily because there's ethics involved. There's some women that get it a lot. Can relate. Uh, I've, I've not currently, I would like our listeners to know that I'm doing quite well, but there definitely was a period in my life where I was getting it uh, quite frequently. I believe it was related to stress. For those not in the know, do you want to explain what BV is? Ouch. Or are we just going to assume that everybody just knows? Ow, ow, ow. Ow, it's ouch. Ouch is what it is. Uh, so um, BV is a... Uh, it's a different than a yeast infection, and you can actually have BV and a yeast infection simultaneously. And for whatever reason, if you're pregnant, you have a higher chance of getting BV. It basically hurts, but you're not having the same type of discharge that you would have if you were having a yeast infection. Mm. If your undercarriage is unhappy, there can be a number of things wrong with it, and BV is a very uh, frequently uh, occurring situation that can happen. Uh, you will you will know that it is not a yeast infection because the odor is different and the discharge is different. Okay. Thank you for that breakdown. Uh, ow, basically. In order to sum all of that up, ow. Essentially what happens is inside the vagina, there's good bacteria, usually lactobacilli, yeah. which feeds on sugars and produces lactic acid, creating a very acidic environment inside the vagina which protects it from other bacteria, which could do it harm. Sometimes, yes, I see Rain de Grey is raising her hand. She has a point or a question to make. What is what is it? She's wagging her finger at me. She wants to interrupt my, my flow. Okay, go ahead. I'm interrupting your flow. Yes. How acidic is a vulva, one might ask. If you're not aware of it, a natural, well-working vulva is so acidic, it can actually bleach out underwear. If some, if a woman has underwear that she's had for a long period of time, I, I prefer dark underwear myself, uh, you will notice that in the center, it is being bleached because a naturally working vulva is so acidic that it actually can bleach clothing over time. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I learned something new today. Yeah. That was why I was waving my finger. Okay. So if I encounter a woman that looks like she has bleach spots on her underwear, I just should assume that she has a very naturally acidic vagina. Oh, well, I, I'm right at my closet. I can go get a pair of my underwear right now and I'll show you. I believe you. It's fine. Okay. We don't right. need it. Just letting you know. I trust. Science. I will trust in, in the acidity of your vagina. That's how it's supposed to be. Go on. <laughs> okay. I didn't mean to interrupt your flow. Can we get back to your flow? Yeah. Anyways, uh, sometimes the balance of the lactobacilli in the vagina breaks down and unhealthy bacteria gets in there and then starts breeding rapidly. And that's what causes bacterial vaginosis. It is difficult to study because women that have it reoccurringly, there's kind of some ethics about testing new different drugs on it. Normally, it's treated mm. with antibiotics, mm -hmm. and we can't test it in animals, primarily because in human vaginas, up to 70% of the bacteria in human vaginas is the lactobacilli, but in most mammals, it only accounts for about 1%. So we can't really get the oh, same mixture okay. in there. And if they study vaginal cells in a Petri dish with bacteria, the bacteria will just take over and quickly kill off all the cells. So by creating this fake vagina inside this silicone chip, they can now test different combinations of that bacteria. They can simulate a bacterial vaginosis infection 
and then test new drugs on it to see if they can find something that's more effective than what they have now. Yes, which is incredibly noble. And that's step one. But you and I both know what step two is going to be. Um, well, step three is profit. Step two is a question mark. I don't know. How do we profit? You take your artificially grown, fully functioning, working vagina, and you put it in the sex dolls. Okay. And, it, and but, then you're not scraping out. You got the sex doll and you have to like clean out the pocket and stuff. You know the second that you can make artificial vaginas, not no, real natural genuine vaginas out of some donated vaginal cells before mm. you know it, like sex robots. Sex robots. I mean, it's the size of a piece of chewing gum. Hey, they're right gonna now. make it, they're gonna make it bigger. But they you also have living tissue, so you're gonna have to figure out just, a way to keep living sh- tissue sure. running inside. You'll the just sex doll. there's a there's a little drop of of nutrients that you'll just drop right in there. Yeah, like you know, it's going to turn into sex robots. Are they going to market it as like now with natural pussy? Yes, of course they will. Mm-hmm. Need you even ask? Feel the realism. Yes, but then mm-hmm. I think you would have to keep your sex doll in some sort of controlled environment in order sure. for the live cells. Oh, to Oh yes, keep, and <laughs> and living. you and you know they will. You know they will. I, I'm making a prediction right now. Pulling like, a sex I, doll out of the refrigerator because I know yes. I'm going to be horny tonight. Yes. <laughs> warm up a little on the counter like a exactly. piece of meat. Yep, yep, yep. Mm. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I know this. I know this for a fact. I had someone who reached out to me to inform me that they had been masturbating in my name for over a decade. And they'd uh, saved, yes. saved oh. every single ejaculate that they had done. They'd put in a Tupperware container and frozen. And they showed me pictures, and it was a decade's worth of frozen accumulated cum, tablespoon by tablespoon, they had managed to accumulate. So if someone is keeping a Tupperware of a decade's worth of frozen cum in the freezer spilled in my name that they've been slowly growing like a mucus-colored stalactite over 10 years, for sure you can take out your sex doll and warm it up on the counter. Stranger things have happened. I'm sure. I think that's a long way off from growing a fake vagina on a little wafer of silicone to actually building a full working vagina for his ex-doll. When my father was born on this planet, the internet didn't exist. Cell phones did not exist. Think about it. They had to communicate by clicking rocks together. (laughs) You had to take two tin cans with a string. Look, in a a hole that we have to dig ourselves with a shovel. In a single lifetime, we have come up with cell phones and the internet. For sure, it's not going to be very long before we've got sex dolls. I used with... to buy cocaine at the drugstore. <laughs> he wasn't born that long ago. Oh, but still, I mean, some, yeah, some yeah. things about the old days were better than others. <laughs> People God, would let's... send me samples of heroin in the mail. That, I have no idea what you're talking about, that we've gone completely off the rails. Let's get back to the vagina, please. All right. Well, for now, we don't have realistic working vaginas. For now. But what we do have, or what we're close to having, since I started reading this, there's interesting things that come up when you Google vagina microchip. (laughs) I'll tell you that. (laughs) Uh, Do go on. Because you never, in, you never expect interest, what you're going to find. No, uh, my interest has peaked. What do you have? Um, there has been a project in the works going back, I believe, all the way to 
2013 from a research conducted at MIT. There was a company that was spun off called Microchips Biotech, which later on was acquired by a company called Dare Bio, which is in the San Francisco Bay Area. What they were developing is a microchip-controlled, long-acting, reversible contraception, which they are calling DARE, L-A-R-C-1. That's a bit of a mouthful. Yeah, it's a bit of a mouthful. I've been reading a number of articles about it. What is different about this is it's a microchip that has multiple doses of the hormone Levon or Gestal, which is already a very common contraceptive hormone that's used. What's different about this is that it has enough doses in there to last 16 years. So you can get the microchip implanted in your body, in your buttocks or your arm or anywhere else, and it's set so you can either control it to release it on a regular schedule, release it when you want it to, or turn it off altogether. And they just have a little handheld device that you hold up to your body and you can turn it on and off or program it to set it to do whatever. It's theorized that this would be a major change for birth rates in the world, especially in underdeveloped countries where people don't have a lot of access to good birth control. They can get this implanted one time. Like I said, it lasts 16 years. And if they decide they want to have children, they can easily turn it off. Unlike other hormonal methods where if you get them implanted, you have to take the implant out Mm -hmm. and it's kind of intrusive or you have to take them continually on a daily basis and remember to take a pill and constantly have access to it. Everything you need is in the microchip implanted in your body. You have full control over it. We are becoming the Borg. Maybe. Nicole, you're implanting things with microchips and little remote control for your fertility. We're going to become the Borg. You'll see. Slowly. Slowly. You await the implant, though. You want to become one with the singularity, don't you? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, you want to upload your mind into a computer. I know. But not 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 Musk's. I no longer trust the man. I wanted the microchip, the neurochip, and I've watched that man spiral and melt down. And I don't want any of his software in my brain. Meat. All the, all that chip is going to allow you to do is post hate filled racist memes on Twitter. D- yeah, pass on that. I don't want to do that. Thanks, but no thanks. No, but this this microchip actually can benefit humanity by providing birth control for lots of people that don't have it. One of the risks that they were worried about is somebody being able to tamper it and turn it off without the person knowing about it. Exactly. But the device comes with an encrypted controller that has to be used at skin level. So somebody can't control it from across the room Uh... or anything like that. So each one of them would have its own individually encrypted device. Sure, somebody could steal your device and try and come up behind you. While you were sleeping. Yes. While you were sleeping. That's the thing is that sometimes, uh, hashtag not all men, but they get a little sneaky and they're like, I want to keep you around and they're puncturing holes and condoms and stuff. Mm. And I'm not saying that like women don't do that, but it is a huge power control to tamper with someone's birth control and be like, now we're tied together forever, male or female. If if you're you've got your chip and you're asleep and then the other person's like, I want to make sure that you're having a baby with me, they wait until you're passed out and then they wave it on your skin. Mm. I mean you gotta hide your control module really well. Yes. Put it in a put it in a oh Put it in a safe that is uh, fingerprint operated only. 
I have a gun safe and it can only be opened with your thumbprints. I've seen Mission Impossible. You can get thumbprints. Yeah, you hear yes, someone's really gonna have to work hard to get my foot chop really off. I really wanna turn off your birth control. <laughs> right. I really wanna turn off this birth control. I'm gonna take a glass you were drinking from, piece of tape, make right. a little model of your thumbprint. Right, that's okay. But in general, that's that's good. I'm glad that they thought of that because people are not to be trusted. Yes. Originally, this was uh, scheduled to come out sometime 2018, but it keeps getting pushed back and pushed back. Uh, from what I've been able to see so far, it's still in pre-testing, and there's no real timeline for it. Maybe 2026, but it's been in the works, like I said, for almost 10 years now, and it's not quite perfected, but I look forward to it coming out. I think it would be great for people to have this option. You get implanted one time and then don't have to worry about it for 16 years. You don't ever have to worry about it because you've been snippy snipped. I have, so I don't have to worry about it for the rest of my life. But this is for other people, not Oh, me. for other people. I did, I did smell your testicles burning. Thank you. I'm going to make a perfume. Dirty Talk Podcast perfume. <laughs> Genuine <laughs> smell of my <laughs> testicles burning. Look for it. Uh, Add it to your you, Christmas list now. Don't no, don't don't do that. <laughs> it didn't, it What's didn't. that intoxicating scent you're wearing, honey? Oh, <laughs> that's the smell of the inside no, of T.C. Rollins' no, testicles no, on no, fire. No, no. Does it ignite a passionate <laughs> burning in your pants? <laughs> oh no, no, no. Yeah, no. thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> I regret it now. Uh, I regret it. I'm filled with regret. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that's, that's what I have. There's, okay. there's the vagina okay. for you. All right. I need to compose myself from your burning testicles. Give me just a moment. While we're on the topic of testicles, uh, this is not actually burning testicles. But uh, as any of our regular listeners know, or people that follow my educational courses, one of the things I feel uh, very strongly and passionately about is uh, safer sex practices. And all across the world, we are having skyrocketing STI rates. Simultaneously, while we are having worldwide skyrocketing STI rates, we are also having antibiotics becoming less effective. Now, why is antibiotics becoming less effective? Because they're not sexy drugs. People love Viagra. People love painkillers. That's sexy. Um, but antibiotics take a long time to... Uh, to do, and it's not as much of an immediate payoff. People get all worked up about uh, painkillers and hard boners. Yes. Yeah, we covered. We've covered this before, I think. We have. Mm -hmm. but right, right. But this, this is one of the um, one of my passion topics. Mm -hmm. Regular listeners know that I do talk about this a lot. They may be able to find lots of new antibiotics using AI because they're able to start structuring molecules virtually. Because. We are we are living in the future. Yeah. We will all. They've become... also been able to find a lot of highly toxic poisonous substances through this same process. That's exactly what we need. Mm -hmm. and, and drugs, lots of <laughs> drugs. And uh, steering back to testicles okay. and STIs. Uh, as a result, uh, France just passed a new law that is allowing eighteen to twenty-five year olds to have free condoms. In the past two years, France's STI rates have gone up by 30%. And they're like, dude, we need to do something about this. Why does it no end at 25, though? 
Well, b- because by 25, you should be able to wrangle your dick meat a little, I guess. I've known a lot saying. of 25-year-old men. Right. I Yes, but one would hope that, you know, a 26-year-old has got their brains and their testicles together a little bit more than a 19-year-old. Mm-hmm. Basically, Francis decided by the time you're 25, get control of your dick. Okay. But before then, they're like, look, we know that you're going at it like wine-addled, cheese-loving rabbits. Mm-hmm. We get it. And and you're spreading those STIs everywhere. No shame. STIs happen. But let's make it a little bit easier. Everybody gets free condoms. But by the time you're 26, get your shit together. As long as we are on the topic of cock, because we do talk about cock a lot on this podcast, and I'm going to bring up something and you're going to say, but we already talked about this. Mm -hmm. And we have, because cock springs eternal. Mm -hmm. Uh, Regular listeners do know that we did our time traveling episode. Yes. And we covered in Rome how there was phalluses everywhere. Dick galore. Penis guards. (laughs) Carved in the streets. uh, Pointing the way to brothels. But, but but just not even necessarily, but just like on the street, like it's a good luck charm. Oh, yeah. People had it in amulets over their doors. They had it as statues in the town square. I rub a cock every day just for good luck. Just saying. <laughs> and how's that working out for you? I'm happy. Are you and are you are yeah. you full of joy and luck? Oh yeah. Less full of other things because you rub a cock <laughs> every day for good the... luck. Right, right, right. You will then then the good luck will just shoot everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Just. Coating the world with your good luck. Indiscriminately (laughs) spray. But with no babies, because as we talked, your testicles have been burnt. Actually, this is going to be a good lead-in to something I'm talking about later. Hmm, Interesting. Uh, All right. So let's get back to the cock. Uh, Archaeologists have found one of the oldest pieces of narrative art. How old, you might ask? Um, Was this a setup for me to say how old? It is. Um, How old is this piece of art? Thank I quizzically you. ask. <laughs> well, I am so glad you asked. It is 11,000 years old. Okay. Can you guess what this 11,000-year-old piece of art is? Well, because of your leading questions, I imagine it's, it's, it's slow-hanging fruit, it's like, those, di- like yes. those testicles. Like those old man balls hanging low. <laughs> it is, a, is it a dick? It is a carving of a man clutching a large erect penis. Okay. Now, what makes this particularly interesting- A large erect penis or his own large erect penis? Is this just just a random penis that he's holding? His own. Okay. Okay. So so his, not a penis. It's his penis. Well, it is a penis that belongs to him. It is his penis. Okay. He is clutching his penis. And as we can see- I mean, I know you don't really ever want to assign ownership- to the penis, just like you never imply ownership of the sex toy. Correct. Right? But yes. Right, right. But, but in this instance, yes. we can in definitely instance, say his penis. And he is right-handed. We can also say that he is a right-handed individual. Okay. But we don't know that because some people I'm, aren't I'm looking right-handed. At, I'm looking at the carving right now, and he is clutching a penis, his penis, which is attached to him with his right hand. Okay. I'm right-handed, but I use my left hand. So you cannot infer anything from that statement. Just because you are right-handed doesn't mean that that is the hand you're going to be using when you touch your penis. Okay. It is a carving of a man who prefers to use his right hand to stroke. There. Mm. How's that? Is that okay? That's that's better. Accurate. 
We have accurate scientific proof that this carved stone individual prefers to use his right hand. And I unscientifically made the mistake, the error, my apology, Such a of, ass of assuming that because he prefers to use his right hand, that meant he was right-handed. I was incorrect. Is Thank he masturbating for... though, or is he just standing he is masturbating. holding he's, it? He's, he's, he's clutching his torso with his left hand and he is holding his uh, erect phallus with his right hand. Okay. Now, because it's carved in stone, there's no motion to it. Maybe he isn't masturbating. Maybe he just likes to stand there stoically holding his erect phallus in his right hand. Watching the world go by. Perhaps. In front perhaps. of him. Yes. Right. Yeah, like he's I've not done around. on the street corner so many times. Uh, I would like to make it clear so that my co-host does not get arrested for being a sexual predator that he has done no he such thing. never done that. He is attempting to be whimsical by claiming he is a sexual predator and a flasher. Such whimsy. Must chuckle. Ha ha. Let's get back to the dick. Right. Not your dick. Keep it in your pants. Right. What makes this carving so fascinating is that it is essentially a, a, a comic. It is a narrative strip. It's not a single carving. If you look at it, this was found in southern Turkey, and it's part of a rather long panel, okay. which means that it is telling a, a progressive story like uh, a film strip or a comic book panel. Interesting. Is it like the world's first Tijuana Bible since he's masturbating? Maybe. Hmm. Perhaps that's that's it's, it. It tells a theme and a story. They don't know whether it is uh, a Tijuana Bible or if it is meant to be instructional or educational. <laughs> this is how you do it, kids. It, we that <laughs> grab it with your that, right hand. That discussion needs to be had, and uh, it is either educational yeah. Engraved or titillating. In stone, even y yes, For and, future and generations to. Gaze upon and admire. Correct. So it's preserved for our posterity in stone, this comic strip of this man stroking himself. Does well, it? Well, like you pointed out, we don't necessarily know what he's stroking. He could just be holding, cradling. Holding and watching. Yeah, we could don't know that there's an up and I, I am assuming that there is an up and down motion happening, but I, just like I assumed about his hand preference, we don't know. He could just like to cradle it like a baby to keep it safe well i'm curious as to how the panel ends uh i well i'm ever so glad that you asked i we can share it here with our viewers i mean i'll uh, post a picture of this man holding his stone hard dick <laughs> the panel ends um on he has a looks like a lion next to him okay. and as you'll see he in mm -hmm. the he's in the 75 percent of like the there's, panel there's some sort of large cat on either side of him right um so he's 75 percent through the panel and he is the most pronounced figure okay the most detail has been given to him and his cock so we don't know if there's any cum shot the money there is shot. no we do not see that in this panel okay no i'm only asking why are you asking because recently Mm. I was reading this study that appeared in the Archives of Sexual Behavior called Pornography's Ubiquitous External Ejaculation, Predictors of Perceptions. Oh, just a, a little light reading that you do on a Wednesday afternoon? Go yeah. on. Yeah. Well, okay. it's a whole scientific psychological article 
on the prevalence of cum shots and porno. Uh, okay. I don't know if you've seen any porn. Um, a few times. But a lot of it ends with the guy coming on the receptive partner. I've seen a lot less of that type of porn, I'll be perfectly honest. Okay. There's many porns out there. I have seen a number of porns. Um, definitely of the porn I've seen, the vast majority of it does not end in the manner of which you just described. But oh, okay. I do know that that is a thing. So go on. Well, there's a lot of porn out there where there the guy finishes either on the face or the body of the other person. Yeah, that's that vanilla L.A. porn. Not really my thing. I'm sure it's a kind of porno that a lot of people are familiar with. Sure, sure. Just not me. Yes, that's the money shot. So it, Okay, I do know the money shot. <laughs> you know the money shot. There's been debate in circles that the external ejaculation is rooted in men's desire to dominate or demean women. But this I have is heard of that, yes. hotly debated, and some people point out that it not only happens in heterosexual porn, but in gay porn, there's a lot of coming on the other individual as well. And some people also point out that men, while masturbating, will come on themselves, and they're like, oh no, I've just degraded myself, but not really. There's this debate, and they wanted to settle this debate with a psychological study. What they did was they used Amazon Mechanical Turk as a crowdsource, they got 201 women and 196 men who live in the U.S. to participate in this study. What they did was they showed them 18 explicit images, and they had them rate it on a seven-point scale, ranging from very negative to very positive as to how they felt and reacted to the image. Why didn't they ask me? I'd love to take part in a study like that. <laughs> I want to watch free porn <laughs> and rate it. Yes. Yeah, I'm down for that study. Okay. Gosh darn it. I missed out. Well, okay, go on. You weren't on Is... Mechanical Turk to, to volunteer. So they got all these people. They got all these people ranging in age from 19 to 77 years old to look at all these porn images of basically someone coming on someone else. So it either depicted a man... Or woman receiving the cum shot, in quotations, as they put in the study. It's important to put the quotations around the cum. Yes. The person receiving the cum shot had either a positive, negative, or neutral expression on their face. And they wanted to see what people's reactions were to the cum shot, depending on how the person getting it seemed to be conveying their excitement <laughs> around it. Okay. And they wanted to see if that had an effect on it as well. The participants also completed assessments for religiosity. So see how the people's response to cum shots were <laughs> dictated by their religion. The dark triad, which is Machiavellianism, psychopathy, and narcissism, to see if more psychopathic people liked cum shots more than non-psychopathic people. Hmm. also discussed sensitivity because they wanted to root out like are people's reactions to the cum shots negative just because they get disgusted easily by that kind of stuff because some people are just like i just don't want to see that it's kind of icky right right they also tested them on self-perceived mate value and sociosexuality which is their openness to casual sex Ooh. based on all this information 
they came back with women on average reported fairly negative perceptions to the cum shots, while men on average had more neutral perceptions. And what affected the men's attitude about it the most was the person receiving the cum shot being somebody they were sexually turned on by. So if they're a heterosexual man, they had a more positive reaction to the cum shot if a woman was receiving it than a man, or if they're homosexual, they had a more positive reaction to the cum shots if it was a man receiving it over a woman. Hmm. What they did find was there was no evidence that males or females scoring higher in psychopathy had more positive perceptions of the images. So what they were thinking here is that it's not necessarily a degradation thing since these people that scored high on the psychopathy and they might want to degrade people more, that it's not necessarily appealing to them in that way whatsoever. But narcissistic males had more positive views on cum shots than narcissistic females. Hmm. I have a theory about that. What's your theory on this? All right. So check it. Here's the thing. Mm Mm-hmm. I believe, and uh, and I'm not from Harvard, and I don't have a little... I do actually have a little uh, white lab coat in my closet I could put on in order to give my theory. Just close your eyes and imagine her in a white lab coat right now. I just want want our listeners to imagine that I've gone to my closet and put on my lab coat. Mm -hmm. Uh, I believe that when it comes to cum, it's not about the degradation. It's we are animals. In, in the end, no matter how flutin we try and get with our podcasts and our interest that we have outside of reproduction, the, the base core thing that we're supposed to do is reproduce. Mm-hmm. The reason that women uh, are less excited about the cum is that for women, being anywhere near ejaculate is a higher risk behavior. It's a higher risk behavior for unwanted pregnancy, STIs, and societal shaming. Whereas for men, that the, that deep primal urge we have to reproduce and shoot your baby batter everywhere like cake frosting and impregnate the world uh, is a very deep drive. We've covered previously on this podcast uh, fertility doctors. Whoopsie doopsie, they keep using their own cum. Mm-hmm. They're like, we promise this is a six foot two PhD, Harvard trained Olympic athlete. And it's it's not, it's the dude, it's the doctor furiously jacking off over test tubes and impregnating everyone that he can. Mm-hmm. It's a very deep primal drive for most men to pass on their seed. I don't see it as much as a degradation thing as the lizard part of your brain's like, you must reproduce. You must make the babies, put as many babies as you can and as many people as possible. Do it, do it, make the babies. And the women are like, if I get near that come and I have a baby with the wrong person or, or I get societally shamed or I get a risk for STIs. So women are going to be a little bit more adverse and cautious around cum. But I see it much less as a degradation thing and much more of a primal reproduction thing and the risks associated therein. Okay, now I've taken off my lab coat. All right, the lab coat's off. My opinion on the cum shot and the porns is that it's kind of the finality of it. And for a lot of people, I think the belief is that once the guy comes, then the sex act is over. I think that's the standard thought in people's mind. And they want evidence like, no, look, the guy came. And even if they come inside their partner, that's not as satisfying. I don't know who the viewers are. They'd be like, I really need to know that the guy came at the end of this. I could give a shit 
I don't care if I'm watching same, porn. I'll same. often end before I'll, I'll finish before the end. I was like, I don't give a guy, I don't give a shit if the guy's getting off. I like watching porn with the girls getting off personally. I don't give a shit about right. Him. It's just it's just a stunt cock. Who cares? But right. I guess that's the natural narrative progression. There's hmm. some sort of foreplay. There's sex, and then there has to be the ending. In most people's minds, the ending of the sex act, particularly in heterosexual sex acts is the guy coming and generally it's the guy that dictates when sex is over because like oh there i've come now it's now it's done and now we're okay end of film cut wrap you know print it i'm such an outlier then my goodness like that's not at all how i view it i I have to recognize that statistically that's probably how most people view it but that's Mm. certainly not how i do yeah so I, I but there could be some degradation aspects to it. I've definitely seen porn where they do use it as kind of like a derogatory thing. But uh-huh. usually if they're just kind of like pulling out and coming on their tits or their belly or whatever, it's just signaling like, hey, look, no, it's it's happened. It came. And it's not. I know hmm. some people like cream pies, but then that can be faked because you can just squirt some stuff up in the vagina. And let it I am here out. to let you know that cream pies do get faked in the film industry. Yes, if I'm you were sure. not aware of that, I hope you're sitting down. I'm about to lay a truth bomb on you. Oh, that stuff does get faked. In right. fact, uh, if they, sometimes tubing is used. Mm-hmm. I have been on set and squeezed a little bulb and um, helped it make it look like certain erect cocks were ejaculating when they were not. Uh, porn secrets revealed with Rain de Grey. Tube, tube, squirt, squirt. It's happening. Uh, no, it's no, it's actually not. You, there is lube specifically designed to look like ejaculate. Uh-huh. I've also read that when they do the close up on the woman, usually if they like get their face cummed on, whatever, they'll add stuff to it. Sometimes they'll use pina colada mix, and they just like throw a little extra on there just to make her look like drenched in cum. Jazz, Jasmine has it up again. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, we we hate to be the bearer of bad news and break all of your fantasies, but uh. It's uh, not all true. It's just like Hollywood. Everything's faked. Yep. <laughs> Pretty soon it's just all going to be green screen and AI. <laughs> and and vaginas on microchips. Yes. Fake vaginas or real vaginas on fake microchips or fake vaginas on real microchips. I don't know. <laughs> but there you go. I just like that the scientists were sitting around and we're like, what should we study today? Cum shots? All right. Yeah. Let's get funding for that. Once they were done hotboxing lobsters and counting rat ejaculates, then they were like, let's uh, let's move on to cum shots. Yeah. I'm telling you, these scientists, I have an idea, man. Let's show people right. a bunch of pictures of cum shots and see how they react. It's a great study. <laughs> that's a great study. I could sign up for that. Uh, that's why I got my graduate degree. yeah (laughs) scientists seem like they'd be a lot of fun to hang out with i want to hang out with these kind of scientists (laughs) speaking of cum shots which we've been speaking of extensively yes do you have some cum for me yeah uh if you want to make 10 million dollars uh if an alien comes on you or in you or whatever you could uh make a lot of money so I have to track down an alien and get it to ejaculate in me and I will acquire ten million dollars. Or twenty. I'm gonna the reason I'm gonna say no is that I would be riddled with all sorts of alien STIs. I would start like growing weird lumps. We don't and, know if they would have any effect on humans. Well, that's I, I think it's a risk I'm gonna let someone else take for ten million. Okay. Well, 
it only cost you twenty four ninety five to insure yourself against this. And for those of you out there looking for a last minute Christmas gift for someone you care about, you can get them a ten million dollar alien abduction insurance policy. Uh, would yes uh, do do go on uh, this is is it like naming a star after someone it's like sure if you give me 24.99 that star is named after you no okay. this is this is a legally binding insurance policy written and underwritten by the mike st lawrence alien abduction insurance company of florida mm-hmm. they've been selling policies like this <laughs> since 1987 so far they've sold over 7000 policies to very gullible people, go on. To, yes, to different people. Really worried about aliens. They've only paid out two claims so far, and it's for ten Wait, million dollars. But what? But what you don't understand is that it's ten million dollars, but it's one dollar paid out a year for ten million years. <laughs> That's the fine print. Or there's a double indemnity coverage for twenty million dollars. That's written into the policy. I will tell you what this policy covers. So if, okay, if, but I who got paid? Who are the two people that got their policy paid out? According to the man who runs the company, they're both from New York. One was a cab driver who had been telling his friends that he was abducted his whole life. So he heard about the, the policy. He called them up, told them their story, and they said that they would sell him a policy. And then he guess they like paid out on it, and they're paying him. A dollar a year for 10 million years. How much did the policy cost that he purchased from them? $24.95. Oh, so that's all it... Okay. Yeah, it's so, a one-time fee. If, so most insurance well, policies, you have to pay a premium every month. I right. think that they are assuming that they're not going to really have to pay out on this alien abduction insurance policy. So they're willing to sell it to you. So if you want, as a Christmas present for somebody, you can buy an alien abduction insurance policy from the company and if your loved one has evidence that they have been abducted by an alien what they were saying in the interview i read with the owner of the company is you kind of have to get the alien to like sign a statement saying that you were abducted these other two guys haven't so the other guy that they paid out also lived in new york uh he was a conductor for trains they sent a claim form and they originally didn't approve it because he sent in a Polaroid picture of himself on the, the spaceship. And I guess he just happened to have a Polaroid camera with him when he but, was abducted. You know, whenever you get abducted, make sure to keep your Polaroid camera with you. Yeah. I mean, times. now you have your cell phones. You can take as many, right, pic- okay. plenty of selfies or usies with the aliens. Are you trying to hint that there's something you would like for Christmas? Not necessarily. This is kind of fun. And, you know, I could, something else I could put up on my wall. If there's anybody out there listening that wants to buy me an alien insurance policy. So so they, he sent it in, but the picture was overexposed. They couldn't see anything but darkness. But in the margin of the Polaroid, he said, sorry, but the lighting was really bad inside the UFO. And they uh, thought that this was so funny that they decided that they were just going to give him a dollar a year. Aliens are well known for having poorly lit spaceships. Yeah, I don't know. They've got to light them better, like a porn set. <laughs> so if you get probed, you can collect your 10 mil. <laughs> as long as you can get the alien to sign off. Yes. So, okay. so, so the insurance policy covers the abductee in the event of the abductee's departure and return to planet Earth by aliens not from this planet. So it can't be any aliens, Earth bound aliens, I guess. 
There is dimensional coverage, which includes any multidimensional joyrides, medical coverage for outpatient psychiatric care, sarcasm coverage, which is limited to the immediate family members, in case any of your immediate family members get sarcastic about your claims that you've been. I love the sarcasm clause. That's Mm. glorious. Okay. Yeah. You do have to provide the proof of abduction and return with the properly completed claim form, the signature of the alien, I believe, or some sort of evidence that you were in fact abducted. But there is this double indemnity coverage for $20 million in the event that the aliens insist on conjugal visits. So this is where the cum shot comes in to play. So if the aliens like you so much that they want to come back and probe you some more, you can get a cool $20 million if there's regular sex with the aliens or if the encounter results in any offspring ever referred to as the next missing link, or if the aliens refer to the abductee as a nutritional food source. So basically, if if the aliens eat part of you, or if you're eaten by aliens, you get $20 million. Nutritional food source. Oh my God. Wow. Okay. Uh, I learned something new tonight that I was not aware of nutritional food source. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, then. I <laughs> I like the sarcasm clause. <laughs> All right. Well, I know what to get you for Christmas. Or somebody else. Anybody else out there listening, if you want to get me a uh, insurance claim form. They also have other insurance for black holes or asteroids as well. Oh, you can yeah. get the asteroid insurance uh, coverage just in case an asteroid hits Earth. They'll pay out. <laughs> somehow. I've always been worried in $2 about. Bills. I've always is it specifically two dollar bills? No, is that it's the not pay? Oh, okay. okay. Well, I mean, they had all sorts of. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I've always wondered about the asteroids. You know my feelings about. How that. are they going to pay out if an asteroid hits the Earth and destroys the Earth? There's no way they're going to pay out. And what would the money be worth at that point? That's very clever of them. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if someone's willing to give them money, you you can you can buy that insurance. Also, I just want to let our listeners know you can also just send me money too. Sure. The, send us twenty four ninety five, and we'll send you a piece of paper. We don't know what's will be on the piece of paper, but we will send you a piece There'll of paper. It'll be something exciting for sure. Yes. yes, you can find the PO box information. That's correct. At Rain's website, and it might be on the podcast website. I don't know. Send us twenty four ninety five. We'll send you a piece of paper. With words. Words Guar- on the piece of paper. Guaranteed. Mm-hmm. We promise for a fact. Yes. Well, I had had a lot of fun tonight. How about you? Oh, yeah. I, Always a good time. Um, I learned new things. <laughs> we love learning here at the Dirty Talk podcast. I feel that episode 206.1 <laughs> went quite well. Uh, I think better. <laughs> so than much episode- better than episode 206, which has been lost mm. to the annals of history. Shh. Never happened. Mm-hmm. Never happened. Yeah. It was just all a, a vivid fever dream. A, if any of you was, listened to it last week, it never existed. It was just it was a just, figment of it your was imagination. Just a dream. And and then we woke up. That's okay. what happened. Right. Excellent. Well, um, thank you so much, everybody. Well, why did you give him a jaunty salute very, to 206.1 as well? Very, very alert, very jaunty, very engaged. I'm with it. Here I am. My, my ear holes and brain meat is packed full of exciting and thrilling knowledge. And we will catch you all next week if 
you are a Patreon and one of the cool kids. Hmm. Otherwise, we will catch you the week after that. Yeah, yes. And you're still a cool kid, just slightly less. Or cool if you kid. want to listen to the next week's episode, you can find us at patreon.com backslash dirty talk podcast and get every single one we do because and they're just, full just of fun saying. and whimsy. And, and very rarely do they disappear. Hmm. <laughs> rarely as in this is the only time it's ever happened that's that's what i mean by rarely that mm-hmm. is the definition of rarely as in hardly ever yeah all right send me 24.95 for... i'll send you a copy of that episode don't you dare good night everyone <laughs> goodbye bye done done Jeez. <laughs>